It's time to go prop shopping. Welcome back into BetQL Daily. Joe Ostrowski, Joe Giglio, Aaron Hawksworth with you. Weekdays 9 a.m. to noon Eastern time on the BetQL network on audio. Find us on the Odyssey app and via video on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash BetQL. Twitch.tv slash BetQL. Let's go prop shopping. Some early matchups. Uh, various sports books are starting to post player props. I like this, Joe G. It looks like... Uh, a lot of these books have decided, let's get these numbers out there so the people can bet them. So uh, my suggestion, like with the NFL, do not bet these the hour before the game. Don't do that. That is the worst time to bet. The lines are going to be super sharp, and it's before you have any sort of an edge. And these player prop numbers, I mean, sometimes they will move drastically throughout the week, like 10 yards. And how many times that ends up being the difference? Yeah, that happened last week. Now, it ended up not mattering. Um, Jalen Hurts, the Eagles quarterback, his rushing total jumped a lot. I, th- I thought when, it first, when I first saw it last week, I was like, wow, that's that's crazy. I mean, he averaged like 60 yards a game last year rushing, and then it jumped like seven or eight yards before kickoff. I think he got over anyway because that's he just had a good game. But that, like, you're right. If, if you're way, especially on the props and, and those rushing totals, receiving totals, we could, we could be talking about 10, that 10-yard 10 movement is significant. So if you like it and you have a conviction on the game and how it might flow, take it now. Just get it now as long as the guy's healthy. How early do those come out? And when do you suggest we start getting those props? Because I've already seen so much movement and then there's some that I wanted to make plays on that there's just no value anymore. It depends on the book. Um, I'm I re- I'm kind of figuring out this week when certain books are posting them. I've seen some that do it on Tuesday. Some wait until 48 hours before the game on Friday. Um, week one, I didn't see a ton out there, but it seems like with week two, now that we're able to see some of these offenses and defenses, now they're they're getting them out there earlier. So I would expect this to be the norm moving forward. Yeah, and they're just they're so popular. I think people like you know almost combine it with their fantasy team. Like I have that guy. I think he's gonna have a big game. I'll bet on him to have the game anyway. And then the same game parlay. So th- these are big now. Um, and once in a while you find one, it's like wow, that's is it, like I think there's more value on some of these than there are games or or, or, or you know total in the game. Like there's I think yes. you really find some value here once in a while with some of these. I will say, like, I'm looking right now for Monday Night Football because I think there are a bunch of opportunities Monday night. Maybe we should throw out there uh, before the lines are out there too long. And I don't see many that are posted. But as long as, we're, as long as we're on the topic, that's a game where you've got a huge favorite. And I think all of us believe that Packers are going to cover the spread or come close to covering the spread. So you might want to look at Aaron Jones running back. You know, there'll be... Uh, trying to run that clock later on in the game. But uh, Devontae Adams is set up to smash. Like, he should have 150 and at least one touchdown against that Lions secondary. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Let me throw another one at you that I think you really should take a look at for Monday. DeAndre Swift, young running back for the Detroit Lions. Okay. I don't think the books will catch up to what happened in week one. Did you see how many targets he got from Jared Goff in the receiving game? DeAndre Hmm. Swift had eight catches. He had 11 targets. Wow. Every time Goff was under pressure, which is going to be often, right? If he's dropping back to pass, he can't move. He was dumping it to him, and the guy was making plays in the pass game. If they're down and he's getting rushed, he's – I mean, I, I'd imagine – I can't imagine a big overreaction. Right? What's his total going to be at when we see the prop? Three and a half, maybe? Three and a half receptions? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think he could fly over that again. It seems like he's like that safety blanket for Jared Goff. I remember last year, Anthony Lynn had Eckler 
and maybe Swift kind of has that role of, of a, a an Eckler type of back for the Lions. So that's one I, th- I saw right away. Eight catches last week for uh, DeAndre Swift. How uh, running backs? There there was a game where two running backs really stood out just because the numbers were so low. I'm gonna, I'm gonna check to see if that's still the case, but. Chicago and Cincinnati. When we talk about it, of course, we go on and on about the Bears quarterback situation, how much fields, when are we going to see him out there all the time, and then on the flip side, how Joe Burrow looks coming off the ACL, new weapons that he has. But I'm more focused on the running backs because Joe Mixon had 29 rushes. I know he had that extra quarter to play, so that was obviously part of it. He was terrific. That's a way that they're going to protect Joe Burrow a little bit. They don't have a great offensive line. They're going to use Mixon in that run game. Uh, a little bit more and Montgomery was terrific in just 16 carries against a stout Rams front on Sunday night so I don't think he's going to need that that many carries to get over the number and these guys uh, when I took a look yesterday let me see if we're still there I mean they were high 50s low 60s for both of them so I think those are some some pretty good opportunities to go over on both for sure here's one that I think is I mean it's calling these a lock is silly but this is this feels the closest I'm going to find to a lock with a prop CeeDee Lamb's receptions for Sunday against the Chargers is at five and a half. He had 15 targets in week one, and Whoa. Gallup is out. Five and a half. I mean, CeeDee Lamb could catch eight or nine balls a week this season in that offense. And considering, you know, he's – and I don't even think he played great. I think he – what did he have? We ended up with seven receptions on the 15 targets against the, the Bucs. I didn't even think he played great. I thought he had a couple he should have caught, and he just was kind of, him and Dak were kind of off a little bit. They get that chemistry down a little bit. He's going to get more targets because Gallup's out. Uh, over five and a half, CeeDee Lamb feels like a good play to me. All right, what about um, this Patrick Peterson revenge game? How about we fade? A lot of revenge we'll... games going on. Well, I'm saying I want to fade that. Go with Hopkins. I'll go against, sure. Yeah, uh, I don't see many any numbers out there right now on Hopkins' numbers. But according to Pro Football Focus, that is one of the biggest advantages that we're seeing in these wide receiver cornerback matchups for week number two, and it makes a lot of sense to me. So I, unless it's just an outrageous number, I'll probably get, be going over on Hopkins. Yeah, I like that. We're, you know, I like that we're fading the um, the revenge game factor. We're, we're fading Andy Dalton. Is Andy Dalton going to play great on Sunday? Does Andy Dalton really – Did you, ser- did you seriously angle? just utter that sentence? Is Andy Dalton <laughs> going to play great on Sunday? Well, it's revenge game, right? That's the whole the whole idea is you play Which great. Which means he won't play great, Rob. Can I Technically, you, his revenge Bengals... game was last year anyway, so. Yeah, oh, you're right. He did beat That's them. true. Shouldn't the Bengals be the one getting the revenge on Andy Dalton? Yes, they should. I mean, he, for, I mean, he never won a playoff game. He started there forever. You know, I just, honestly, so I'm watching the post-game coverage on Sunday night, and I felt bad for like a half second, but when they when they show him, after Fields took the podium before Andy Dalton, by the way. So they go to Andy Dalton, and I'm just like, I look at him with that red hair. I'm like, I just hate your face. Get out of here. Get out of my city. I don't want you to be the quarterback. Just go. What are we doing? Idiots. Anyway, I mean, Joe, if someone um, gave you $10 million to go out there, I don't, I don't think you're turning it down. <laughs> I'm sure Andy's a it's very It's not even a ginger guy. thing. <laughs> Wait, do you guys like any redheads? I'm dating one, so. Oh! You didn't answer the question. <laughs> Thought it was self-explanatory. Oh, okay. Just clarify. 
Okay. I mean, I can't pick out one in particular. I do like, but I don't <laughs> can't name one in the world. <laughs> I also don't have any. I don't dislike I, any in particular. I recently worked with one who like never smiled or anything, and I was like, this is just living up to the stereotype for me. Dustin Mays so or Redhead. A, so the show has come up with zero redheads we like. Dustin May. <laughs> Dustin May's good. Dust, okay. Rupert Grint, the guy who played Ron Weasley. I don't even know these people. <laughs> Do we like Prince Harry? No, I'm out. I'm out Isn't okay. Carson Wentz <laughs> technically a redhead? Yes, he stinks. <laughs> <laughs> we um, have zero people in the world we like. I just said redheads. You don't Jake, count. Jake, Paul Addison, likes, you have anything on this topic? Jake likes everyone, though. That's the thing. That the guy that probably the, hit him with a car last night. Absolutely not. He hates Blake Snell. Th- yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Joe G. That's true. So That's true. I, Who's I now on the IL? Any sort of anti redhead bias, but my girlfriend is, uh, she's got this weird thing where she doesn't trust gingers or really like gingers. So. <laughs> there, she's not a lot. There are a lot of people that feel this way. Yeah. A lot yeah, of she's people. She's like 50% so Irish. So, I mean. Kind of wow. Like those people, right? <laughs> she probably has more experience with yeah, the ginger. She got, I guess she gets it. Yeah. yeah. Bill yeah, Burr. Larger sample Bill size. Burr, before he like cut his hair really short, I think, was a ginger. Oh, Bill Burr's so good. Yeah. So he's, there you go. We got him. You, you like him. 86 yeah, he, and a half, by the way. He shaved his, his head. It didn't count. Does it count? Well, no. But, it's still, but he's still, that's the color hair he has. All right. Um, 80, 86 and a half on DeAndre Hopkins receiving yards, by the way. Over. What's I don't see numbers posted. What do we think we get from Will Fuller in his first game? Because he was suspended last week hmm. against the Bills secondary. Is it going to be really number. low? Yeah, I would think you probably would get a good number there. I mean, how how where, where I mean, would you go? I I'd probably go touchdown if I get a good number. I'm not sure that the vo- I'm not sure that the volume will be there, but the, and ex- I could see him with an explosive play. Let me give you one more. Um, Lavisca Chenault, a guy that's come up on the show a bunch in our Jaguars talk. He had yeah. he, he's been since the beginning of this of training camp the most targeted Jaguar wide receiver. Whether uh, Lawrence seems to like him, he caught seven of nine targets last week. His prop this week for receiving yards is 46 and a half. I like the over. Mm. For Chenault. He gets seven, eight catches again. Even if he's not a big play guy, he's going to get 50 yards or so, 60 yards. Is he going to be uh, matched up with Sertan? Or is uh, DJ Chark going to be on Sertan? I think it's going to be. Chark? Maybe. Maybe. They're going to do that to the rookie right away. He did uh, did give up a touchdown last week, but he's yep. still a good player. I mean, rookie, first game thrown out there. It's understandable. It is interesting, too. I mean, Sterling Shepard had a big game against that Broncos defense last week. I think he scored on Sertan. Yeah. yeah. Man, you're talking yourself all in on the Jaguars. Uh, plus six, Chanel. You, you, you see the confidence from Herb. Uh, he Looking denies the any interest. Listen, yeah. yeah. Just like you said last week, I mean, I'm ignoring the noise out of Jacksonville. Ignoring the noise, put my head down. Jags plus six, Chanel over. Let me ask you this. Do you think that USC could steal Brian Kelly from Notre Dame? Uh, sure. Bye. Okay. Bye. They should try. Yeah, Bye. Get Brian, get Brian Kelly out of there. They're never winning it. <laughs> they keep going to the playoff. Like, oh, but they're not really going to win there. 
man. You're a Brian I've, Kelly guy? I've seen a lot. I'm not, but I understand he's been successful there sure, he's, with he's their limitations. Nice yeah. Yeah. He's a nice coach. All right. All right. It, it's going to be interesting to see what USC is going to no, no, do. Take that. James Franklin. Get James Franklin out of here. <laughs> <laughs> That's Joe G. I'm Joe O. We've got Aaron Hawksworth here as well. This is BetQL Daily weekdays, 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on the BetQL Network. Coming up next, back-to-back terrific guests. Ed Egros from FanDuel Sportsbook will be here on his top NFL and college football plays for the weekend. And then right after Ed, Michael Felder from Stadium, an outstanding college football analyst. So keep it locked here on BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. These Joes are helping you bet like a pro. It's Joe Ostrowski and Joe Giglio and Aaron Hawksworth on BetQL Daily, presented by FanDuel Sportsbook.